We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. We're talking the 2020 NFL Draft on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome back to RotoViz Radio, brought to you by Bet Online. I'm Dave Cabin, Senior Fantasy Analyst at RotoViz, joined by the editor in chief of Fantasy Labs, part of the Action Network, Matt Friedman. Matt, the draft is just days away. How many bets have you placed on this thing? Uh I I mean I don't know. Like I I couldn't tell you. Wow. <laughs> um like I really couldn't. <laughs> uh, so we're talking well over a hundred. I, it's it's a lot. I mean, I'm not gonna. It's a lot. Yeah, it's 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 a high number. <laughs> All right. So, um, the one thing I did want to ask you about before we pop into talking about the draft, uh, Brandon Cooks to Houston. Do you have thoughts on it? Uh, I mean, I think it's kind of weird, um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, it's good for Deshaun Watson. Like he needs someone. Uh, he has like two kind of fragile versions of each other now and that like mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller are kind of versions of each other. Uh, and both of them seem to suffer injuries more than you would want them to. So uh, I don't know. Like, I think it's fine. He, you know, Deshaun Watson needed another wide receiver and now he's got one. But uh, I'm still probably most interested in um, 
Kenny Stills as like someone who could get a significant playing time when one of the guys ahead of him gets injured. Sure. Uh, the final question on the Texans before we get to the draft, if I could guarantee that Cooks and Fuller would both play 16 games, which receiver would you rather own? Ooh. Wow. Uh, probably Fuller. Um, yeah, me too. But he's, I think he would be the more inconsistent of the two. So it mm-hmm. just kind of depends on what you want. I mean, here's here's the thing about Brandon Cooks. Like, people act as if he's just a trash receiver. Like, oh, he hasn't done anything in his career. Like, he has three, no, four. He has four seasons of uh, over 1,000 yards receiving. Like, almost 1,200 yards in all of those seasons. And then, like, as a rookie, uh, you know, fine he didn't do all that much but he had 600 yards there you kind of don't even count rookie seasons you just kind of care for receivers about what they do after that and uh you know then last year it was just kind of a weird year in general in Los Angeles like Cooks could easily have a 1200 yard season this year like that's not outside of the range of outcomes at all like he could have 1200 yards and six to eight touchdowns and that would be actually pretty normal for him Yeah. The other thing, too, that doesn't help is going from team to team to team, which people could use that as something that you would say points to a negative. But I still think, you know, it's impressive what he's managed to do in his career, given the injury history and given the changing in team. So I I, I think that Cooks is a pretty good receiver. Um, I don't have him as highly valued in my mind as I would have going back two years. Um, but I still think, you know, if he stays healthy, he could have a good year in Houston, uh, a good year in Houston. But let's talk about the draft now after a quick message from our sponsor, Bet Online. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. All right, Matt. In this draft, do you have any concern at all that Joe Burrow does not go number one? And concern would be for those people that have placed bets on Joe Burrow going as the number one pick. Uh, no, I would say it's like more than a 99% lock that Burrow goes number one, you know, unless like he suddenly, uh, is revealed to be a heinous criminal between now and the (laughs) draft, you know, I think he's going number one. Okay. Fair enough. So the player that most people have going behind him, Chase Young, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about Chase Young as, you know, a lot of the people that are more focused on fantasy aren't really looking at the defensive side of the ball, but I just kind of want to hear some more about him. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, the sort of the next edge rusher out of Ohio State. They just seem to, uh, you know, to like breed these guys. So, you know, whatever you thought of Joey Bosa in 2016 and Nick Bosa in 2019, you know, that's what Chase Young is. He's, you know, going to be the first defender off of the board, just like those guys were. Um, he's probably not as polished of a pass rusher. 
but uh, is maybe even more athletic, like more dynamic. And he's super young, only 21 years old, like he's still learning. And uh, even though he's not like as polished as you'd maybe want, he's just like so physically overwhelming that he still had 16 and a half sacks in 12 games last year. Like he's really freaking good. And, um, you know, like if, you know, like my, he's not like exactly Miles Garrett uh, a few years ago, but I mean, yeah, if it were a, if it were a down year for quarterbacks, you could easily see Chase Young being the number two pick in the draft. And I don't think anyone would really think like, oh, this is, this is a really sad situation for the team that has the number one pick that they have to take Chase Young. Um, yep. he's, he's really good. And, you know, like just from a, a prop betting perspective, um, I mean, the Redskins have pretty much come out and said that it's going to be Chase Young. And, uh, you know, even before that, you know, people were just kind of assuming that it was pretty close to a lock, but there are a lot of different ways that you could bet it. And, uh, it's, you know, I, I view that as almost just as much of a certainty as Burrow going number one. Nice. Got it. All right. Um, as far as the Lions go at pick three, do you see them trading that pick? There's been some talk about that going on. You've been looking at this draft a lot. Do you think that happens? I, it's so hard to say. Like, they want to, but I don't think the market necessitates it. You know, like, there needs to be someone willing to trade up. And I don't know why the Dolphins would or why the uh, the Chargers would when they are probably fine with whatever quarterback falling down to them happens to fall to them at number five or six. So like there's a game of chicken basically being played between uh, the dolphins and the chargers at five and six. And the thing is like neither one of these cars needs to drive towards the other one. So it's like a non-existent game of chicken. And uh, (laughs) that means that no one's going to like jump to the lions at number three. So I I think they actually stay at number three. Like, it wouldn't be surprising if a team traded up to number three, but, like, I think if they do, they're making a mistake. Like, I don't think they need to. Right. So who does go first, Tua or Herbert? Uh, Honestly, I'm going to say Herbert. Um, Yeah, that's what I think. I would have said Tua. In fact, I did say Tua even a week ago. But um, I think there's enough... There's enough smoke there. Um, so, yeah, whenever I update my next mock draft, like it will be probably Herbert going number five to the Dolphins. Okay. Um, now, in your your piece, I found this very interesting, and some of this was by default. You had Love going to the Patriots in the first round. Is he really a round one talent? No, but um, I think he's going to go in round one. And, uh, I mean, it's okay. So it's kind of hard to know. Like I would say that like each year there's a quarterback that I don't think should go in round one. And, you know, like, um, Josh Allen two years ago, Daniel Jones last year, like that's, uh, I think Jordan love this year. And maybe he actually even sneaks into the top 10 or like top 12. Um, you know, but you know, he maybe could fall out. Like Drew Locke, everyone was convinced he was going to be a first rounder last year and he fell to the second round. So, you know, maybe he does actually fall to the second round, but I I think he goes in the first round. I think in almost every reputable mock draft I've seen, he's going in the first round. Yeah. Um, 
along those same lines, Jalen Hurts, I'm hoping he finds a way in round one because I, I like Hurts a lot. Do you think that he does and do you think that he should go in round one? Uh, I, I don't think he does and I kind of don't think he should. Mm-hmm. But like, because I think he he feels like a day two quarterback. Um, you know, like I don't think he would be someone that you want if you drafted him that you would want him starting right away. But yeah. I think you maybe could develop him, and uh, I I do like him a lot. Like if he does become a starter, I think he could be a league winner just because of his uh, ability with his legs, and I think he probably is actually underappreciated as a passer. Yeah, I definitely think so, um, which I believe we've talked about that before, so I won't belabor that too much. But I think that there's a lot of encouraging signs for Hertz if he does get that opportunity. So we talked about wide receivers earlier in the week. Now that we're focused a little bit more on the actual outcomes in the draft, how many wide receivers do you go? Do you think go in rounds one and two? And you can give me your collective total between the two oh, rounds. Well, one and two. I Honestly, I haven't thought about um, the second round all that much. In the first round, I believe I have six. Wow. Um, I mean, that's it's a number that like kind of makes sense. Like, if you have a really deep class, I know people think that means that everyone will just wait at the position, but I think it also means that like if you have a deep class, it's strong at the top, and so that position is stronger relative to a lot of other positions. So teams will just still take players there. So, you know, I, I think it's pretty clear that we're going to see the the big three of um, Ruggs, of course, uh, and then Judy and Lamb. Uh, I think they're all going probably in the top 15. I think Justin Jefferson goes in the first round, uh, you know, relatively shortly after them. And then I think you probably have two more guys, maybe maybe even three more guys go off the board. Like the Vikings, whether it's 22 or 25 they look kind of like a team that could take a wide receiver. Uh, Green Bay, you know, you could see them take a wide receiver at number 30. Like, it, it, they certainly need another weapon for Aaron Rodgers. So that's six right there. And, yep. you know, that doesn't even take into account, like, maybe the 49ers at 31 could take one. Maybe um, maybe even the Ravens could take one because outside of Hollywood Brown, they really don't have a, a great, like, number number two receiver. So it's, I don't know, but I, I think like five and a half is probably the right number, but like I, I lean towards six. Okay. I, I can certainly see that happening. Um, As far as running backs go, do any of them make their way into the first round? I don't think so. It's um in the mocks that I've surveyed, it's about 50, 50. And uh, I mean, right now you can bet plus 200 that there will not be a running back in round one. Uh, So I think that's pretty good value right there. And that's honestly probably my favorite bet that's still available. Yep. And um, I don't know. I mean, it's just, you look at the wide receivers, you look at the offensive tackles, the quarterbacks, and it's like, there are only going to be so many offensive players that are drafted in the first round. And like I just I I think the quarterbacks and tackles and wide receivers are basically like all of them. Like they just take up all of those picks, and uh, there aren't a lot of teams that like massively need a running back anyway. And uh, and then you look at the running backs, and even though I like them, you know, a team could easily look at DeAndre Swift and be like, well, he's not a true lead back. And then they could look at Jonathan Taylor and be like, well, he's honestly not all that great of, of a pass catcher. Like they can they can talk themselves into uh, finding a reason for not drafting these guys in round one. 
Yeah. Um, I don't think that I'd be expecting anybody this year to make their way into round one unless the Jaguars decide that they're going to move on uh, from Leonard Fournette and, and, and go with another first round back. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, no, I don't actually think that, obviously. Um, so that leaves us then in the second round. Um, and, and based upon what you said, you seem to think that Taylor and Swift are the two players that teams would be most looking to if they were going to go with a running back. Uh, I'm assuming that you're expecting, and I actually could be wrong on this, that Dobbins would be the third one gone, or do you think it's possible it's actually like Dylan or Akers or somebody like that? Uh, I think it's probably Dobbins, but um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has gotten a lot of hype recently, kind of like uh, Devin Singletary did last year. You know, like Singletary was uh, a third-round pick, and I really wouldn't have expected that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we could see Edwards Alaire as a late second round pick and maybe like the third running back off the board. Yeah, I've been hearing, um, a lot of buzz getting generated about him lately. Um, I could see why people like him. I do think that some of the takes on him have been a little bit hyperbolic, uh, but he did have that strong junior season is probably the best receiving back in the class. So um, we'll see what happens there. So we talked about Chase Young. Are there any other defensive players that you think are just kind of, you know, worth mentioning to give people a little bit of a sense of, you know, who the some of the best defensive players are in the draft? Well, Jeff Akuda, the cornerback from Ohio State, I mean, he's the guy that a lot of people are penciling in at number three to the Lions. And, you know, like, he's kind of interesting in that, like, one, there might be only two Ohio State um, players drafted in round one. And, of course, you can bet on that, like, over under one and a half. Uh, sorry, over under two and a half. So uh, that might be something to look at. But uh, if it's not Okuda to uh, the Lions at number three, it's probably Derek Brown, uh, a defensive tackle, which I think it would be a horrible idea to take a defensive tackle at number three, but uh, the Lions nevertheless might do it. Isaiah Simmons is a really intriguing player. Uh, He's, you know, kind of like a hybrid uh, linebacker safety, um, but he's basically like Calvin Johnson size, but he plays linebacker, which is just kind of awesome. He's really Um, fast too, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, sorry, when I said Calvin Johnson size, I meant Calvin Johnson. Like, okay. he's, he's 6'4", 238 pounds, and ran a 4.39. Wow. It, it really is like Calvin Johnson playing linebacker. <laughs> um, so, it's, you know, he's a, a kind of cool hybrid player, and, you know, there are questions like, how would a team use him? Would they use him more at safety, more at linebacker? Like, it, like he's a versatile guy, kind of in the way that Derwin James is, mm-hmm. uh, except just a, a little bit bigger, so... Uh, he's a really intriguing player. And then one more guy, CJ Henderson, who um, is super fast and has pretty cleanly uh, like catapulted himself into the number two spot at the cornerback position. And uh, like you can bet on who's the second cornerback off the board. And like I would say it uh, it would be a shock if it's not him because uh, Okuda is clearly going, I think, in the top eight uh and then there's this tier and you have henderson and a tier by himself and then you have maybe four or five other cornerbacks who could go in round one but like in every mock i've seen all of them are underneath cj henderson who's going anywhere from like pick 12 to pick like 17 okay 
Um, are there any players, and let's go back to offense here so that it has more of a fantasy context. Are there any particular players that you have one team that you really want to see them land with? Uh, not really. I mean, everyone is mocking Josh, Justin Jefferson to the Eagles. Like it's, it's weird that, uh, I mean, I guess it's not really that weird because everyone thinks like they just look at the, the roster and say like, Oh, they really need a wide receiver. And then like, just because of how mocks are falling, Jefferson is available there. And he's kind of like clearly in a tier by himself right there. So like almost everyone is just giving Justin Jefferson to the Eagles and you know, like it will be amazing if it actually happens because things just never work out that cleanly. But it's kind of weird that um, there's that much uh, uniformity for a team that's picking number 21 in the draft where everyone is just mocking Justin Jefferson to them. Um, I will be curious to see what happens with some of the kind of more like project wide receivers like uh, Antonio Gibson or Lynn Bowden, um, like, you know, those guys are a little less certain. Um, I'll just be curious to see if they go to, I don't know, like a team that's kind of like inventive with how they use players like that. Or like if they go to a team that's just like, Oh, well that guy's on the jets and that doesn't (laughs) excite me. So, uh, it's, it's more that like, I just kind of want to see players I like go somewhere that's actually good or, or not go somewhere that's bad. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I am also uh, expecting if the Chiefs pick a running back, there's going to be a lot of enthusiasm for that player in yeah. the fantasy community, especially on fantasy Twitter, even though I, I think that, you know, Damian Williams is, is going to be good next season. There's a lot to like there. Uh, but let's let's flip over now and, and kind of move on to some of the bets that you really like. Um you have probably looked now, given what you said earlier, at so many different bets. So I'm sure there's all, all kinds sitting in that head of yours. But are there any that uh, really stand out to you? Uh, I mean, under, I think I said it earlier, but under 0.5 running backs in the first round. Uh, I just, I love that. You, and it's a it's a plus number still, which just seems ridiculous because it really yeah, is does. a coin flip. Um, I, I think that's the best bet you can probably make. Um I would still say under four and a half quarterbacks. I just, I really do not think that we get five in the first round. Um, it, that would just kind of be like historical if we did that. Uh, so I don't, I don't think that happens. Uh, you probably have to lay a big number at that point, but I still think it's probable to hit. Um, and then there are a lot of different ways that you can invest in the idea of Chase Young going to the Redskins at number two, uh, whether you're actually just betting that young goes number two, whether you're betting young goes to the Redskins, whether you're betting Burrow goes number one, young goes number two, you can bet on the Redskins to draft a defensive player with their first pick. You can bet on his over under of two and a half. You can bet that he's the first defensive player drafted, whatever it is there. There are a lot of different ways that you can kind of invest in that idea. So just look around and see whatever number you think is the best, but it's, um, it is a a near lock in that uh, Chase Young goes to the the Redskins. So whatever it is that you have to invest, uh, it's it just seems highly probable that you would be getting that back. That makes sense. Um, okay, moving along. Um, any other prop bets out there? 
that uh, are worth highlighting. If not, I do have a couple more questions for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Giants at number four are likely to take an offensive lineman. And, uh, you know, it just kind of depends on on the book that you look at in terms of where you can get that line. But uh, I think you can bet on on them to take an offensive lineman, and that, that probably hits. Um, and uh, one guy that stands out to me, um, Tristan Wirfs. I, you know, like I had him going there. Jedrick Wills is starting to get a little more heat as the guy who could go number four to the Giants. But uh, I, I think it's it's very likely to be a tackle in general uh, or even if not a tackle, like I would just say like an offensive player. Uh, so you can invest in it also that way. But I would say like Giants to draft an offensive lineman. I, I like that bet quite a bit. Nice. Um, as far as tight ends go. When are we going to see a tight end to actually get taken in this year's draft, a class where there's not too many names that a lot of people are really excited about? Yes, uh, it's a good one that you brought up there. Uh, you can bet over under 0.5 tight ends in round one. And uh, I'm trying to figure out, yeah, the the last number I saw, the lowest number was minus 560, which is still a lot. Um, but I don't think we're going to see a tight end in round one. Like I've seen just one person uh, mock a tight end uh, in the first round. And I honestly think the person was doing it kind of just to make a point. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I think it's highly improbable that we see a tight end in round one. So I'd expect us to see, you know, a tight end in, uh, in round two um, as the, the first one off the board. I think uh, Cole Komet, um, is likely to be that guy. And, uh, I've kind of gotten, uh, some good natured, uh, mockery for how highly I am ranking Cole Komet, uh, in my, uh, rookie rankings, but he is a 21 year old, uh, who's, you know, going to be a day two pick who's coming out of Notre Dame, who is moderately productive and who's, you know, athletic enough and who's a four-star recruit. Like, I'm, I'm going to be investing in a guy like that. And like, you don't need to draft him uh, at the bottom of the first round in rookie drafts, but like, it wouldn't surprise me if years from now he ended up having the value of someone who should have gone in the first round. Okay. Um, just to give people a sense here in comparison to Hawkinson and Fant, who were the big names last year. Um, is he, deserving of being mentioned kind of in the same conversation as them as a prospect or is he kind of a tear down he's irv smith okay got it that makes sense so irv smith last year would have been the third option got drafted by the vikings um and i think a lot of people are still feeling decent about his possibility um as we look forward if you're in a dynasty league and of course we don't know where Komet actually goes which one of those guys you rather have uh Komet or irv smith yeah man i guess irv smith just because he's a year closer to uh his you know like his future being known yeah you know like you have to wait so long with tight ends but i think that's kind of the point of getting someone like uh cole Komet is that like you just you need to get on uh that treadmill at some point uh otherwise like if you just keep waiting at the tight end position you're never going to get a guy who actually ends up hitting got it all right um, your Dallas Cowboys, do they go with an offensive player, uh, or do you think that they end up on the defensive side of the ball? I think they go defense. The one thing that scares me is that um, I 
I honestly don't know if he belongs in the first round, but Cesar Ruiz from Michigan, who's a center, has gotten some first round hype. And he, you know, because he's an interior lineman, he has kind of center guard flexibility. And the Cowboys really value their offensive line. Uh, their center, Travis Frederick, retired. Uh, and so they are conceivably on the market for a center. And, you know, they could talk themselves into Cesar uh, Ruiz at, uh, or Ruiz, Cesar Ruiz at uh, number 17. And uh, I think that's the only way they go offense. Otherwise, I would expect them to go defense because uh, they need some defensive help. Um, you know, they just lost Byron Jones. They could certainly use another edge rusher. And that's kind of a sweet spot in the draft for some of the defensive players who are there. So I think that's actually a good spot for them of need meets value. And, uh, that's all on the defensive side of the ball. So I would expect them to go defense there, but, uh, you never know. Got it. Um, I don't know if there's props on this, but are there any that relate to which school will have the highest number of players get drafted? Uh, yes, it's, uh, Alabama. Uh, okay. that's, uh, what people are, are betting on. Okay. Um, behind Alabama, I'm assuming you'd probably see, I don't know, maybe like Clemson, LSU, LSU, LSU. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, it's LSU, uh, one more tight end to pay attention to, uh, Albert Okuebunam. And, uh, I swear I didn't say his name just so that I could say his name, but, um, he is, you know, like that kind of like freak athlete. And, um, I was relatively high on him. And then, you know, like it didn't look like anyone else was high on him. And then, uh, there are reports that, uh, some, you know, like, uh, Gil Brandt, uh, he releases like his top hundred. And I think Okaway Bunam is number 49, which is like much higher than I think people were expecting. And apparently Daniel Jeremiah is also relatively high on him. So, uh, it would not be surprising if he actually were the first tight end drafted. Like it, it kind of would be, but I think it's either Komet or Okuebunam because uh, I think if you want sort of like your more classic tight end, you go with Komet. If you want your guy who's more of like the freak athlete, you go with Okuebunam. I don't know why any team would draft anyone other than those two. And you can draft on Albert O., at uh, <laughs> or you can bet on him at sixteen to one to be the number one tight end drafted. So uh, I think there's significant value there. Like I think it's likely going to be Komet, but uh, it wouldn't be surprising if a team was like if it's in the second round and and after round one, like kind of all bets are off. You know what I mean? Like anything can happen. Like starting in round two, and so it wouldn't be surprising if a team just looks at him and they're like, we think this could be the next Jimmy Graham. Let's take him. So, uh, yeah, I, I think there is some value in Okuebunam, and I'm I'm interested in him for fantasy as well. Nice. All right, final question for you. Um, who's your favorite player in this draft? It can just be from, you know, purely watching them play. It can also be from a uh, fantasy perspective, you know, even if you just want to give us the player that you're most hoping you're able to get a lot of exposure to after the draft in your uh, dynasty leagues. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's weird. I don't, I don't really have one. Uh, I don't really have one this year and maybe it's because I traded away, uh, my first round pick in my main dynasty league. Um, but, uh, I don't know, like I, one guy I'm, I'm interested in is Higgins, uh, T Higgins, you know, wide receiver out of Clemson. 
Uh, I think he probably should be a first rounder. Maybe he won't get there, so he'll be selected on day two. But even as a second rounder, like I think he's still going to have NFL success. And I, th- I think people are pushing him too far down the draft board, uh, both for the NFL and for fantasy. So he's someone I, I will want to see succeed. Got it. Well, if he ends up on a team like the Packers, I could see people getting pretty interested at which point. Yeah, um... that, that's true. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll just say Henry Ruggs. Uh, okay. Because like we we've talked about him before, um, I'm kind of going out on the like non analytics limb by saying that I think he has an underappreciated chance of success, like relative to what I think a lot of people in the analytics community would say. So uh, yeah, I I want Rugs to have success, and plus like if he has success, that means that he's basically like burning defenses deep, and that's like that's fun to watch. Yeah. Oh, certainly a really exciting player to watch. I think for me, the player that um, I'm hoping to be able to get a lot of and that I want to see succeed is is Cam Akers, who we've talked a lot about before. I think um, it's going to be one of those cases where you have a player, like we've said, who really could be one of the best players in his class, maybe even the best, but just hasn't had a chance to show it. But you know, with the landing spot, it might be hard to get him with some of those later picks. So I'm hoping that, um, you know, people continue to overlook him even after the draft. But we will be back next week. We will have a lot to talk about. Um, we are definitely excited about this draft and hope you are, too. Um, make sure that you go and check out Bet Online if you want to get in on the betting action for this draft. That does it for the episodes this week you can reach us at rotovizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at dave caben ff and at matt f the oracle thanks to bet online for sponsoring the show make sure to rate review and subscribe and as always remember it's not a fantasy if you believe it Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.